We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire and presented by DirecTV, NFL Sunday Ticket, Thera1CBD, and of course our old friends, betonline.ag. I am your host, Kyle Bandujo. Today's episode, I am talking to Aaron Phillips, who is the co-creator of the Basketball Movie Database. It's a project he launched with his buddy, Peter Robert Casey, and it is exactly what the title says it is. It's basically an exhaustive database of every basketball movie ever made. Docs, dramatic films, it's got everything. It is, it's just a really cool site. It's just a really fun browse. And it, obviously to write up this podcast alley, I had to have Aaron on to, uh, to talk about it. Go into the genre a bit. He gives picks for favorite docs, movies. Go check out the website. It is just, it's an awesome, exhaustive list. I guarantee within scrolling down like twice, you'll see a movie that you've never heard of that appeals to you. The link to the website is going to be in the show notes. It's it's a really fun browse. There have there are a ton of basketball movies that I've never heard of, stuff I've, I've really got to check out. Uh, also remember, join the Big Screen Sports Facebook group where you can do things like vote on the non-sports movie of the month. This month's is Euro Trip, which is going to be next week's episode. A really exciting episode for that one. I'm looking forward to uh, to letting you all know who the guest is. And you know, remember, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and a review. I read out all new reviews at time of recording. Uh, next month's going to be a fun one. I'm going to try some new concept episodes, go over a couple good movies, so... Um, tune into that. And with that, let's talk to Aaron Phillips about the basketball movie database. 
All right, joining me on today's episode of Big Screen Sports, he is the co-creator of the Basketball Movie Database, and that's what we're talking about today. It is Aaron Phillips. Aaron, thanks so much for joining Big Screen Sports. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Of course. I'm looking forward to this. This is a a really cool project you guys have done. Uh, Where can the listeners follow you on social media, and where can they check out the Basketball Movie Database? Well... First of all, um, you know, Basketball Movie Database is available at bmdb.tv, and you can go on there and search and sort and click on what you have watched and track it all. Um, And for myself on Twitter, it's the underscore real underscore Aaron, and on Instagram, at how to make it. Well, let's get into the basketball movie database. Just what is it for for someone who might not be familiar? Pitch your website. Yeah, no, and it's it's one of these things that um, really wouldn't be here if it wasn't for coronavirus. So first of all, big shout out to coronavirus. Um, shouts, shouts, <laughs> the, the creative, the creative force that spurred everything. (laughs) So, you know, this is something that goes back, you know, probably a decade now. I mean, uh, you know, my co-creator in this, Peter Robert Casey, goes by PRC. Uh, He and I worked together on uh, Nike Basketball Social um, back in, what was that? Must have been 2012, 2013. Um, And just basketball junkies. And for us, you know, he's always made it a really a life's mission to be able to watch every basketball movie, documentary, short, um, you know, you name it in his life and would always track it and kind of had his own database that he'd been keeping for years with links. Some things are available on YouTube, some things he's rented. Uh, and we kind of started there. And, and when I started this new job in March, right before quarantine hit, um, leaving Los Angeles, moving to New York uh, to come over to Slam and their new sister studio, RTG Features. Um, you know, one of the first things, considering we were building a studio around basketball storytelling, was really about, um, you know, what's been done. You know, how it's really tough when you're pitching shows and TV and docs if, you know, you could say something's amazing, but then if you don't even know what stories have been, you know, told before you, it's really tough to kind of dive in. So obviously there's really good tracking on the internet for every 30 for 30, every 30 for 30 short. Um, You know, you can go quickly on Showtime or HBO on demand and really see what they have available. But even that, you know, their full catalogs of, of films that they've done aren't even available streaming. So it really started with just like, let's create the exhaustive list um, and really know what, where there's white space in the storytelling space. And from there, we're like, well, once we have a list that has, you know, film title and year and director uh, and studio, and then you start watching trailers and you start finding posters, you're like, all right, well, let's create something here. Uh, and PRC would tell you, you know, he is all about the database. Um, he created a thing um, by the name of Sports Passport and Basketball Passport, um, where you can kind of track all of the games that you've been to, no matter what the sport, where you can see like, you know, virtual ticket stubs and stamps. And I've been to these arenas, these conferences, these games throughout my career. Um, and so we worked with this amazing, um, you know, web developer and Kyle, um, who really brought this thing to life, um, in a very simple form, as you see, where it's like, you know, you can really sort by title and year and, 
um, runtime if you only want to find something that's really short um, and a plugin that allows you to really see where is it available for streaming or rental or anything now. Um, but yeah, I mean, without Corona, we wouldn't have had the, the late nights and weekends um, in, you know, kind of quarantine to be able to really put the time into actually getting this thing done. How many movies do you know how many movies as of now are on the list? Because if you it, your main page, the uh, the list of titles is is exhaustive. It is is very deep. I think I mean, I can pull it up. I want to say we're we're definitely over seven hundred and fifty. Um, and so I don't know the exact number. I'll try and export a list here and see what it says. But um, it is. Yeah, it is long. It is. You know, and it's one of those things that even from when we started and put this thing out, um, you know, the good thing is we thought, you know, we knew we didn't have every single one. You know, we always knew that there'd be a couple ones that come come through the woodwork and ones that we'd miss, especially international titles. Um, but it's been great. You know, we got some notes last week. Uh, there was a Muggsy Bogues uh, documentary that came out, I think, through NBA Entertainment that we didn't have on our list. Um, there was one on basketball uh in tibet that we didn't have on our list so there's a couple ones that you know it's like that we didn't even know but that's the point right it's you know not that we're building it as a wiki where anyone can kind of drop it in but we really wanted a place that we're like hey like we think we've done the hard work now it's like we want filmmakers to reach out we want them to send us their trailers if we don't have them we want them to send us their posters as you see i think that was one of our most fun parts um you know working with our designer rob Harkscamp. Um, to really create these kind of vintage posters, um, you know, which would really mimic the the VHS tapes that you would record off your TV back in the day. And so for any posters um, that we couldn't find on the internet, like we created these custom ones um, as kind of placeholders. You guys, like just browsing the list, there are so many movies that that intrigue that I've never heard of. One really caught my eye. It is it is called Harvard Man, starring Adrian Grenier from Entourage and Sarah Michelle Gellar, which like I have to see it. It has to be a disaster, but I'm definitely gonna try to check it out at some point. But you know, after like putting together this database, I think one of the interesting things is you have all the the posters or whatever on one list on one main page. And scrolling, I would say like 80% of the way down gets you to about the year 2000. So a bulk of these titles are from like post 2000 titles. It's like they've made a lot of basketball movies since the millennium. But kind of what's your impression of the basketball movie lexicon after doing this? Were there more great movies than you thought? you know, less is the basketball movie market still really untapped? You know, what are you like, what are your impressions after doing this exhaustive search? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, I think the thing that's really interesting and, and, you know, most people kind of know this just from, you know, going to the movie theaters once we're able to go back, but the actual movie, right, the narrative film in the sports world is kind of few and far between these days. And so, you know, and then it's kind of funny where movies like Finding Forrester are movies that we've kind of adopted into the basketball space, which are really just coming of age stories. But just, you know, there's great basketball or great characters and we kind of great Sean Connery in that one. Oh, it's amazing. And in Harvard, man, I mean, it's funny you bring that up. I mean, that was one of the ones that when we were doing this database, um, I still have either the VHS or the DVD at my parents' house, but that was a film. Um, yeah, pre-entourage that was just like, 
you know, kind of an amazing, you know, B film, probably C film. Um, but just like, yeah, that kind of dovetails into one of those areas that most basketball films, you know, kind of touch on, which is like, there's some type of gambling element, you know, there's some type of, you know, corruption, whether it's a coach, a player, you know, you see it in everything from blue chips to he got game to Harvard man to, um, you know, obviously, um, I'm blanking on the doc that, uh, is on like the, the scandals, um, that was, there's an HBO doc. I'll, I'll look it up in the, in the database, but, um, yeah, city dump the story of the 1951 CCNY scandal, great documentary that's actually available for streaming on HBO max. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's like one of those tropes that you really see in the basketball space. Yeah. It's an, another interesting thing. And it's something that you and I talked about a little bit when we started recording is how heavy the genre has shifted into documentary. And that's, that's to say about the sports genre itself, but um, there, there's been a lot more kind of, like you said, a lot more documentaries than there have just like, um, you know, fictional narrative films or things like that. I think basketball has the most player centric documentaries that like even like fucking Boogie Cousins got a doc like that. That's crazy. What do you think about the sport itself and what that does on film kind of leads to that? Like Dwayne Wade has multiple documentaries about himself. <laughs> no, it's amazing. And, and, uh, you know, shout out to my boy, Eric Newman, who um, was one of the producers on that Boogie Cousins doc and has amazing stories to tell. Um, I think it's, you know, and it's interesting, right? You see Showtime getting into the basketball space and and their kind of mandate in the stories they tell is really around these anti-heroes. So that's what allows you, you know, when you look at their audience versus HBO's audience to do docs on, you know, folks like Boogie Cousins, folks like Ron Artest, um, you know, Ben Simmons got a doc before he even played an NBA game. Um, you know, they're working on a Kevin Garnett documentary right now. Um, I think it's, it's interesting. Was that not Uncut Gems? No, that, that is, that's probably the prequel. Um, but Uncut Gems, I mean, that's, it's funny, like, you know, that was one of those films that people are like, well, you got to have Uncut Gems is now instantly in the top five basketball movies. And I'm like, it's interesting you say that because, you know, there is definitely the latest contender. And I don't even know the other than High Flying Bird. There's nothing really else in that like recent window. Um, but but yeah, I think it's one of these things that, you know, it's the same thing that makes basketball players, you know, for the most part, the highest paid players. You know, obviously there's big contracts in the NFL and MLB, but in the aggregate, you know, NBA players and a lot of it's like no hat, no helmet larger than life personalities, um, you know, like LeBron, these, these athletes that truly are defining themselves as like more than an athlete. So what are they trying to do? Um, and I think a lot of it's perseverance, right? I mean, there's like, you know, basketball docs really fall into these buckets where it's about a player, it's about a coach, it's about a team, it's about overcoming something. They're either, you know, charting to be the number one pick. They're either charting to make it to the to, you know, be recruited, they're charting to, you know, there are these similar tropes. And I think that's where, as you know, someone that used to run development, um, and kind of what we're building now, it's, it's really interesting to, to really see it in its entirety, as you said, and to see it in database form. Um, and I know a lot of filmmakers and producers have said the same, where it's like, we're kind of giving our secret sauce to the world. Um, you know, one to see like, Hey, like, let's continue to push the envelope in terms of the stories we can tell. And then two, there's a million films on here that we uncovered um, that 
probably never saw the light of day or, you know, aired once on a local PBS in Montana. Um, and then just like, you know, sure, you can find it. But unless there is a place that people are really looking for it um, and can see it amongst its peers, um, they're kind of lost to history. I mean, with that being said, are there, you know, what are some like underseen or underrated some gems that you found that really stand out that you first time saw on when you started compiling this list? Oh, man. Um, Unseen gems. I think um, it's the sequel to Uncut Gems. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, there's a I'm trying to think there's like. Let me let me scroll through here and see what kind of pops out. I mean, that's pistol- the cool thing about your website is that it's just like it's the the visual of the main page. Like I've just the whole time we've been talking, I've just been scrolling and been like, oh shit, I want to see that. I've never heard of that. <laughs> it's just so, there's so many options. No, for sure. I mean, so like the pistol shrimps, right? So amazing filmmaker and Brent Hodge. Um, you know, this is really on Aubrey Plaza and a group of women in Los Angeles that just like play pickup basketball and stuff. It premiered, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, like 20, what is it? 2015, maybe at, at South by Southwest, maybe 2014. Um, but just an awesome film um, that is like, once again, it has nothing to do with pro basketball. And it's like, you know, like, it's funny to say, like, you know, call this one out considering there's so many, you know, there is, you know, uh, a lack of real films, you know, that are, have been about the greatest women's basketball players and teams, like a lot more at the high school level um, than obviously the pro level. But it's just like a really fun film. And, and I think that's one of the things that we love is, is basketball brings you in at so many different areas and the best films use basketball as a vehicle to tell much bigger stories, right? It's, you know, when there's a film in here, I think it's called um, Three Points, uh, that Tracy McGrady, it's about his trip to um, to Africa and, and really like launching a foundation and, and being involved in there. And that's something that, you know, it's like he's there, this is this once in a lifetime trip um, and kind of like immersing himself. And it's like, yo, like, most people don't know about this film. You know, there's other films that, you know, have kind of become more synonymous with, you know, basketball in Africa. Um, One that a friend of ours has directed um, called Hoops Africa. Um, There's one that's called Giants of the Game uh, that premiered at TIFF a couple years ago that Masai was very involved in. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's the kind of the cool thing is like, you know, whether it's long or short, or animated or, you know, a 30 for 30 or something that was on public television. I mean, yeah, like one of the films that most people have probably not seen that's kind of awesome is um, Transcending, the Watt Masaka story. Um, And this one, you know, Watt was, um, you know, not only the first person of color drafted into the NBA, um, but also like really the, the Asian American hero when it comes to um, you know, basketball players and has this like long standing history. Um, it was, I think, within the last five years when the Warriors were on their tear that he went to a Warriors game and met Steph Curry. And this guy was like really a, a forward thinking trendsetter, um, you know, that like dates back to the 1940s, which is just kind of amazing when you look at like the lineage. You know, next year is going to be the 75th anniversary of the NBA, which is kind of insane. 
Well, with with kind of what you were saying with um, how how deep the 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 bench is really for for basketball movies, but a lot of what you're mentioning is the, these cool documentaries. There's so much like that, and they're going to keep making documentaries, whether they're player centric or you know like the game in Africa, things like that. But like we're like you know with, with this podcast being you know I, I don't usually do an episode on just a documentary unless it's a quick review or something. But there haven't been many any fictionalized or um, historical but dramatized films about basketball, even sports films in this decade. Like you mentioned, you know, Uncut Gems, which is definitely, it's more of a crime movie than it is a basketball movie. I still covered it. But like High Flying Bird, really the only basketball movie, and it's not like your usual root, root, root for the home team sports movie. It is about the player empowerment era. It's like sports movies now, at least ones that are hitting kind of the... The, the hitting a lot of people, at least widely seen, have to be about something other than that traditional underdog story. Like there was a movie like, you know, Moneyball or something like that. I would love for baseball to have a high flying bird type movie of its own. But as far as, you know, fictionalized movies or something, something you would want for the basketball movie genre in the next 10 years or something, is there a, a topic or an area or something like me personally, I would be interested in a a story about a basketball fan in China and what that like something something that kind of dives into that. Is there any sort of area of the sport that's not just typical on court, you know, home team underdog trying to trying to win it all? Is there anything you'd like to see a, a fictionalized movie about? I mean, there's so many, um, you know, and I can't. And it's even a broad tell you question. About, no, I know, but I and I can't even tell you what's on our slate because obviously this is exactly where we're looking at in terms of new ways in and stories. I think things I'm looking forward to. Um, obviously, Space Jam Two next year is going to be amazing, oh, and I think best that's act, gonna, best actor, best picture. It's going to win everything. Yeah, I mean, LeBron might as well give him the egot now. I mean, he's done. Um, you know, I think that's going to be huge. Um, I think it's been announced, you know, a little bit out there, so I, I can't give anything away, but also another film that Spring Hill is doing, um, you know, with Adam Sandler and Netflix, um, called Hustle, and that should be filming later this year. Um, you know, you see in the trades they're talking about, um, but that thing will have a really cool angle, um, in a way that's very different than obviously Uncut Gems, um, but a, another film where, you know, I think that's the cool thing, like Sandler's such a giant, uh, basketball nut that it's really cool that that thing um, is starting to you know get out there and and you know move ahead and once again only saying things that are that are out on the internet um, Sandler can actually hoop a little too he showed it off in the longest yard yeah he can hoop I mean he plays in these pickup games with his friends um, I remember our buddy of mine like used to um, you know hang out at like I'm blanking out whose house was that it was and all I know is that it was Nick Swartzen was always at this house and Swartzen's one of those guys that's really close with Adam Sandler and part of this crew um out in LA and, and hangs out in on the west side in Venice and Santa Monica but yeah I mean these guys really play I think there was like some pretty iconic pickup games that happened on the set of um grown-ups and grown-ups too um with with spade and i think because that film had one of them had like i think cameos from Shaq and some other players and so i know that there's definitely um you know he can play and loves to play and that's like kind of you know not that they're building 
um, like they did for Michael Jordan at Warner Brothers. They're not building him a whole training center, you know, for Space Jam. But, you know, I think, like, Sandler, it's pretty clear that, like, when he's filming a film, like, he's got to get his ball in. Well, that was it was pretty clear with the what the Safties were doing with Uncut Gems is really playing into both Sandler's love of basketball and the, the Jewish culture love of like New York basketball and stuff like that. Um, it, it's played up really well. But let's take a, a quick break. And then I want to get back, kind of ask you about your your top five basketball movies. Big Screen Sports is brought to you by TheraOne CBD. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. TheraOne and Dr. Jason are bringing you CBD products done right. I know there's a lot out there on the market. A lot of CBD products claim organic but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. I know everyone is looking for something to help them sleep better, relieve stress, whatever. Use TheraOne products in your morning routine. Uh, There's massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief. They have stuff for sleep aids. It's got everything you need as your, your intro to CBD. And now through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go to right now. Go to theragun.com slash bluewire. Big Screen Sports is also brought to you by NFL Sunday Ticket. What what do I need to say about NFL Sunday Ticket? It is the only way to watch football in the 21st century. We finally have NFL football as of now coming back with NFL Sunday Ticket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market game every Sunday afternoon your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. If my favorite team is not on, which is the Cowboys, I am always watching Red Zone. Red Zone is the best thing to ever happen to football. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, we're back. And with with a broad database like you guys have compiled, Aaron, um, I it, it probably it's it's pretty cruel of me to ask you to pick five or pick a top five. Um, so first and foremost, let's kind of eliminate a few. But do you do you have a favorite basketball thirty for thirty? Because we talked a little bit before we started recording about how thirty for thirty has changed the game with documentaries. They've produced a ton of basketball docs. Do you have a favorite of the thirty for thirty docs? That's a great question. I would say um, my favorite is probably Benji. Um, by oh fantastic fantastic and you know Cudi and Chike full disclosure working with them on a bunch of projects right now but you know that was really the film that kind of you know put them really into the sports storytelling space where obviously they'd been you know they directed Kanye's first music video and they've been collaborators in so many areas but that film was so personal uh, for Cudi who obviously is from Chicago um, and really when you talk about stories about players that, that like never made it, you know, there's there's the Lenny Cook documentary. 
documentary that the Safdie brothers directed that's that's amazing. And, you know, when you look back at their career trajectory, that film um, was such a personal passion project and, and kind of where it landed for them. Um, but Benji, I mean, like and when you think about Simi in high school and players that wore his number and where, you know, a, a, a situation in terms of gun violence that still plagues Chicago to this day. Um, and always, you know, I love asking that question, um, whether it's high school players, college players, pro players, that idea of what if and where they could go. Um, you know, that film from just both archival to the family, to the storytelling, to the scene. Um, I mean, that if I had to pick one would be my top 30 for 30. I had never heard of Ben Wilson until I saw that documentary. And it, it's um, it's incredibly well done. It's very haunting. Um, you know, but, but I think ESPN or, you know, with just the 30 for 30 set, I feel like the basketball offerings have been the strongest that might be biased because we're talking about the basketball movie database and basketball movies, but some of the offerings like, um, unguarded always sticks with me. The, the Chris Heron documentary, Oh yeah. um, once brothers as well, that, that, you know, a story that I didn't really know much about. I didn't, I didn't know much about Vladi Divot's background besides just, just his nasty grungy beard with the Kings. Um, <laughs> But as far as, uh, you know, do you have a couple, I, I want to ask you to rank a top five, but a couple uh, non-documentary, like, you know, what are your two or three non-documentary go-to basketball movies? Yeah, go-to, um, you know, I'll give three three ends of the spectrum, right? Like, I think we all collectively, every every list, and I've looked at every single one on the internet to make sure that I, you know, uncovered every stone when we were putting this thing together, um, you know, everyone kind of has the same, you know, top 10, top 25 that's on there. And, and then there's always stretches, right? People will put like a double team from Disney Channel. And it's like, all right, if you're putting this in your top 25, you got to just like make it a top 20. Like this doesn't. Yeah, it's a tough to look. Here. Yeah. Um, but no, I think like at least my, um, you know, 72 and 10 team is like the he got game, right? I don't think it gets yeah. better than that from a film. I mean, Spike Lee, one of my favorite filmmakers of all time, you know, the fact that it's like Ray Allen and not just, um, you know, an actor, um, nothing against actors, but I think, you know, you know, Ray cast as a current player that was in the NBA um, that got to really just show, you know, in some ways like the, like I always love films when, they do like in the credits, right? Like it's introducing someone like it's like, here's all these Academy Award winners and nominees and here's a kid or a, an actor that you've never heard of. And like, we're telling you they're amazing, right? Like, I feel like that was Ray, um, you know, in this film. And you know, it's arguably the best athlete acting performance, like a athlete as an actor performance of, of at least the last 30 years. Oh, I think, yeah, hands down. I mean, and, and that's if you're not, especially active, like you're not talking about someone like, uh, um, like a Jim Brown who's been retired forever or talking about, uh, um, you hate to say it, but OJ Simpson in uh, the naked <laughs> gun. <laughs> no, I mean, naked gun, all those movies, Leslie Nielsen way ahead of his time. Um, but uh, the guy in Brooklyn Nine Nine, I'm totally blanking on his name. Oh yeah, no, I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, um, this is, this is bad radio, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he got game to me is like the best, right? So I'll flip like to the other side of just like guilty pleasures. 
films that, you know, it's not what you'd normally think, um, but Forget Paris, like, you know, to me that is one that is amazing. You know, it's like you have kind of two movies in that bucket that are like, you know, basketball, you know, tangential, but not just about the X's and O's. And, That's not and the so Billy Crystal one, is it? That is Billy Crystal. Oh, my Billy God. Crystal <laughs> is an NBA ref. I think this film is what, you know, I'm a big sucker for a rom-com and in basketball rom-coms, you can either go love in basketball or you can go forget Paris. So Billy Crystal, shout out to him, also diehard NBA fan. Um, but I think this just is such a fun, it was like in the heyday of Billy Crystal. It's kind of like, like a, a sequel to, um, you know, uh, when Harry met Sally in some ways of just like the kind of, you know, relationship movie and, and, and kind of the ebbs and flows. But that one is, is a guilty pleasure. Um, and I'd have to say my third would be Sunset Park. Um, this one personal in the sense of, you know, and in better films, obviously blue chips above the rim, white men can't jump, like all, you know, better films for sure. But Sunset Park was iconic for me growing up playing high school basketball um, in the sense of like this was a team, a kind of misfit like group of people like coming together, like coach comes in. You know, it's very like, you know, that movie Hardball with uh, I don't know if you've done a pod on that with Keanu, Keanu. Reeves. Um, but it's like that, you know, but, you know, or it's like Mighty Ducks where it's like, you know, you're kind of Keanu coach character, you're Gordon Bombay coach character. This one it's Rhea Perlman, you know, going to coach this inner city team. And, and the team is kind of amazing. Cause when one thing I love as, as actors kind of ascend in their careers is finding these little films that you watch from the eighties and nineties. And you're like, Oh wow. Like before he won an Oscar, he would, you know, like Terrence Howard was Spaceman. It was like the kind of weed smoking back of the bus, like center on the Sunset Park team and stuff. And like Fredro Starr from Onyx and, um, you know, just like was the point guard and just like these amazing cast of characters that, you know, to me, that was a team that we like, you know, wanted to be like playing high school basketball in Vermont and just like a, a ragtag bunch of dudes. Um, but yeah, I'd have to say those three. And as far as documentaries, you've already picked your favorite 30 for 30. Um, before I ask you, you know, to pick your, your favorite two or three basketball docs for you, is it, is it hoop dreams and everything else? Or do you think it's been caught? No, I mean, I think, I think it's been caught in the sense that like, I mean, hoop dreams, there's, there's, there's films that are industry setting and will never change. Right. So to me, like, you know, Hoop Dreams, the fact of how much footage they filmed on VHS, right? This was like, I don't know if you know the story. So this thing premieres at Sundance, um, you know, wins the Oscar, but needed to get special permission because before that, um, you couldn't win an Oscar um, and totally fact check me on this, but I'm 99% sure this is positive. You had to actually film your film on film. And because this was on VHS, and because they had so many cameras and they filmed over so many years and all these things, they had to get like special permission. Obviously, they had to open theatrically in New York and LA, but from an actual like film standpoint, this I think was a pioneering film just in the fact that it won on like VHS, which is pretty amazing. And when you talk to Steve James, the director, um, you know, because they've done updates and it's a criterion collection now and all that. Um, you know, they did, I think it was for the 25 year anniversary, um, or one of the anniversaries, they did 
a recoloring of the film. And it was interesting because, you know, how you colored things in 94, especially with VHS, is very different than how you color things now um, in terms of, you know, the look and feel and all that. And so that film will always be a pioneer. And, you know, films like Boyhood, you know, obviously not in the basketball space, but that idea of having people film for, you know, two decades, you know, this one week a year showing this maturation. I mean, I think that's what's going to kind of change things, which, you know, similarly to Hoop Dreams, you know, this idea of instant culture with YouTube and Instagram and Instagram stories and Snapchat, um, it's kind of crazy, like, you know, to think of like filming something for five years and then releasing it. Like you just, that just doesn't happen. So that's why when Boyhood hit, we're all like, whoa, like I didn't even know this was possible. Who had like the time to do this? Um, and so I think those type of films where you're following people and not putting it out season over season, like Last Chance You, and you're really sitting on it. I think that's really the, like, you know, that perseverance is kind of amazing. So what are your your go-to sports documentaries, I guess non 30 for 30 basketball docs? What are if you know if you had to nail it down to two or three, not including Hoot Dreams, not including Benji, what are you going with? Great question. So I'm going to go with The Other Dream Team, um which have you seen that film? That's the the one about Sabonis and the the USSR, is it not? Exactly. It was yeah, the Lithuanian national team um, in '92, and this film I have the chance to see it in theaters twice. I saw one they did a special screening at the time um, at I think it was like the Scandinavian like art center, like off of Fifth Ave or Third Ave or something in in Manhattan, um, and then I saw another one at the the movie theater on Houston, the landmark sunshine, which is now since closed. Um, but just an unbelievable story and team. And so, yeah, it's like all about, you know, the, you know, you have your U S versus USSR. You have this, like, you know, at that point, Lithuania independence. So they're wanting to play for their country. You have, um, the grateful dead adopting this team. You have Bill Walton, you have, it was just this perfect confluence. You, I mean, you have these amazing t-shirts and jerseys, um, with like a dunking skeleton and, and kind of tie dye. And it was just unbelievable. But the story, um, is phenomenal. And it is one of those docs that does not like, you know, age at all. And each time you watch it, you see something new. It's just better. Um, it's a great mixture of, of archival and verite and music. And yeah, I don't know, that film is just, is kind of, um, you know, amazing to me. So what, do you have another choice or two of something? Do you have one that's like really rewatchable? Cause I would say sometimes documentaries, I don't want to say a slog, but they can be a tougher watch than say like throwing on like coach Carter or something like that on TNT. Do you have something that's like inherently rewatchable? Yeah. I mean like more than a game, the LeBron high school doc or gunning for that number one spot. Both of those are really rewatchable because I think that's the cool thing is there, you know, there are certain films that are on teams and moments that like never go on to become anything. So like there's this amazing film, you know, doc called quantum hoops, which is on um, this Caltech team that like was you know hadn't won a game in this group of misfits and it was actually a um you know optioned um you know 
what I, mean, I think like you know 15 plus years ago and, and Ben still it was right after Dodgeball and I think Ben Stiller and his production company were supposed to turn it into a movie as kind of like just think Dodgeball for basketball with this kind of misfit group of smart kids but don't know how to play ball I mean that one's tougher to rewatch in the sense of like you know there you already know how it played out but films that have you know current NBA players or NBA players that just retired um, you know in high school I think those are inherently rewatchable because, you know, each year, like, for example, that like gun him for the number one spot, which was directed by the late, you know, Adam Youch uh, from from uh, the Beastie Boys. Um, you know, this was on the 2006 uh, Elite 24 game that had everyone from Kevin Love to Lance Stevenson to Michael Beasley. Um, and you have this group of guys that like you see them before they are now, like right before Kevin Love dated supermodels and, you know, before Michael Beasley was in and out the league. Um, and yeah, I mean, those are, those are really easy watches because it's kind of like watching, you know, NBA highlights on YouTube or high school mixtapes and stuff. You know, I think it's, it takes you back to a time and place. I think in the, in the same vein, the, uh, the Sebastian Telfair doc, what it's, um, what is it through the fire? Is that is that the one has aged really interestingly, like when oh. you watch it now? It, it was on it, it was on something. It was on some streamer. I watched a little bit of it. I don't know months ago. I don't know. Time, time has been standing still in quarantine. But that one's <laughs> all like it, it's really interesting to see when you think about what he was when you think about him coming out and the hype and being Stefan Marbury's cousin and then how things played out. It's kind of it it the the retrospect makes it very rewatchable. No, for sure. I mean, we one of the films that, you know, was the first film that we put out under the Slam and RTG um, you know, banner was A Kid from Coney Island, this recent stuff on Marbury Doc that was directed by Kudi and Chike. And, you know, obviously, you know, I mean, this is what, 15 years later from 2005 to 2020. Um, and, you know, Bassey being his cousin and you see him a little bit in that film. Um, but yeah, I mean, what John Hawk did with Through the Fire, who also um, directed Unguarded, which you were mentioning that Chris Heron, and he did a sequel, um, you know, with, with Chris to really about everything that he's doing in the community and as a speaker and all these things. But yeah, that film was revolutionary. And it's kind of interesting. We talked about this kind of, um, you know, a couple weeks ago randomly about, you know, also because there's a whole other one that we're going to build, you know, the next pandemic or, you know, like one around books. And and so it's kind of interesting when you look at Lincoln High School, which is where, um, you know, Stefan went, where Bassey went, um, where... Um, who's the, there's another like guy in the NBA right now. I'm blanking on his name went there as well, but they all have these books written on them as well. And so, you know, there's a famous book, um, that, you know, also was on, um, you know, Bassey that was written at the time and, and, but through the fire. Yeah. I mean, that was like one of ESPN original entertainments, like original forays. This is like, you know, probably five or so years before even the idea of 30 for 30, um, you know, that they were kind of getting into the doc space. I mean, that one is definitely a transcendent film. I had alum from uh, Lincoln High School is actually Jesus Shuttleworth from He Got Game. He is an alum <laughs> as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I'm going to get you out of here, but I got I have one more question. I've done about 90 episodes of this podcast now, roughly. And two of the episodes, I've covered two of the 
just the worst basketball movies of all time being uh, Celtic Pride and The Sixth Man. Do you have a worst basketball movie of all time? But do you know, I mean, did you talk about it on Celtic Pride that that thing was written by Judd Apatow? That's the most astounding part about it. Judd Apatow, Colin Quinn, uh, it's, it's really astounding that the movie is what it is. No, it... it I mean, as a Celtics fan personally, I remember watching that thing and, you know, Damon Wayans probably couldn't have been hotter at the moment. You know, it's like he's doing Bulletproof and, um, you know, all these kind of big Hollywood movies and stuff. But a worse movie than Celtic Pride. Um, Well, as a Celtics fan, I feel like the thing you should be most offended about with that movie is that, and I love uh, Dan Aykroyd and um, the guy's name I'm, I'm... forget Marv from uh from Home oh, yeah. Alone. But they just um, <laughs> they don't come off authentic as Celtics fans at all. No, for sure. No, it's a very it's a very funny movie that's like clearly a studio movie that just doesn't even get made anymore based off of budget and timing and and everything about it. Um no it's tough. Like I never wanna wanna hate on films because to me it's like it's it's really tough. I th- I think you know, to, to make a movie and to be like, oh, wow, like, why was this not good or I or feel bad? better hating on a Judd Apatow movie because literally everything since has worked very well for him. <laughs> he's he's doing just okay. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think if he's got to get his shots out there to be able to then, like, you know, make super bad. And, I mean, have you seen, you know, uh, Staten Island is, is an amazing film. And yeah, Davidson I really, I really enjoyed uh, King of Staten Island. Yeah, so good. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick, you know, just like I was I was a little too old at the time and, and didn't really care. I'd have to pick like Like Mike, right? Like to me, you know, that was, you know, not the film, you know, maybe if I was younger, you know, I don't think that thing holds up at all. Um, you know, if I had to pick one movie that's just kind of like, wow, like I can't believe this was a thing, you know, let alone that they made Like Mike 2 uh, four years later. Um, but that would have to be my film. That's one. It's for a very certain age range. If you are not in that age range of like nine to 11 and a half, it's just not for you. Uh, it's it's there. And, and the thing with movies like that, they're not trying to make that for you either. So that, I think it's very fair to say that's, that's not your bag. Um, No. And, (laughs) and films like, whereas a film like Space Jam or, you know, I'm a big Muppets fan. I think those things have three levels of humor that, you know, a great film does that you can watch as a parent with a kid, as a kid with a sibling, you know, whatever these things. I think there's certain films that are like, yeah, like, you know, back in the day, my grandfather, if we went to a film like that, he would literally watch me watch the movie, just like want to say like, oh, is he laughing? Is he crying? Is he having fun? Like doesn't care what's on the screen. But yeah, that was definitely like Mike for me. Yeah, that's why I uh, this we're talking about basketball movies, but I'm just, you know, it's my podcast. I'm going to stake my flag again that Little Big League is one of the most underappreciated movies of the 90s because it still holds up as being good for kids and good for adults. But on uh, on that note, Aaron, I am uh, I'm very grateful that you took the time to talk to me about this awesome project you and you and PRC have done. Tell me again, where can the folks follow you? Where can they find the basketball movie database? No, please don't even follow me, people. Just go to bmdb.tv. Totally free. Dig around, find films that we haven't uncovered yet. 
uh, you know, just scroll and, and find some amazing titles. I mean, there's, there's films that like you never knew existed and probably people that, you know, were in them don't even know that these existed. Um, you know, some of these older films, but no, really appreciate, um, the time. And this was, this was awesome. Of course, yeah. The, this website's an incredible resource. I'm definitely going to use it in the future. Try to try to find new basketball movies. But thanks again for coming on. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, as always, remember subscribe, rate, review. You know the drill. Check out the entire podcast catalog at Blue Wire Pod. See what they're doing as far as sports podcasting. Also, if you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm, presented by Baseball America. That comes at you every other Tuesday. And episodes of Big Screen Sports drop every Monday. So we will catch you then. Thanks for listening. Big Screen Sports is presented by BetOnline.ag. Sports are coming back. Sports are back. And so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball, back in action. No better place to start than wagering with our exclusive partners, BetOnline. Check out all the odds, features, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember, use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.